Shalom and welcome to Product Nation, a weekly podcast by product managers in Silicon Valley, covering how tech products get created and executed by some of the most accomplished product experts in the world. I'm Ofer Barav, and today with me and my co-host Neil Paz, welcome Neil Yahav. Neil, Vanil, Shalom. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Great Saturday morning. Before we get started, let's have somebody recommend a really cool Netflix or Apple or Amazon video. Anything that comes to mind? If you talk about great series, I would recommend Tehran. The Israeli Mossad, how he creates a new innovation and how he put his agents in the big Iranian capital. I think it's, it's really cool. What about innovation? I didn't catch that part in this series. The innovation, because it's both uh, cybersecurity and how they oh, yeah. mess their both agents, real live agents, and the combination of this kind of cybersecurity with the computer, a sophisticated thing, but real live agents, this is kind of a true combination that you need in, in order to penetrate the most secretive places in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. No spoilers, but just a quick one, and I'll say it in a very general way, but there's a scene there. It's kind of like a drug. scene that is pretty rad and you can really feel the anxiety that the protagonist carries i haven't seen it yet so no spoilers no no spoilers this is just a tiny little blip in there but yeah it, it is recommended i'm watching it for the second time myself we're almost to the end it's an apple original okay well let's go by yahav and paz so we don't get confused here since we have a doppelganger name here great so yahav tell us about you if you can just give us a quick background and especially what brought you here to Silicon Valley? What brought me here is Stanford Business School. Today I'm leading the quantum computing initiative at Applied Materials. So exploring new technology and how we can really scale this emerging industry with high performance computer optimization and what we can assist Google, IBM and the big companies, the small companies to penetrate new markets and really push the computerization efforts. Before joining Apply, I work in a venture capital here. And if you go back 25 years ago, I was a naval officer, XO of a missile ship, running the navigation missile system. And my first interaction with quantum was actually in the 90s, working with gyroscopes and navigation systems and missile systems that were guided by quantum sensing. This started this kind of movement before the quantum computing really pushed forward. After my bachelor degree, I worked at Intel. If you remember the WiMAX, which was supposed to replace the Wi-Fi. So I was a product manager there pushing this almost $3 billion project that Intel finally stopped it after more than $1 billion CapEx. Then I built Google Fiber. The Israeli name is Mizamasim, Shechavat Hashmal. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Cellcom, I pitched and raised $150 million. I built all these operational B2B and B2C fiber optics deployment all over Israel. This was actually my ticket to Stanford Business School. And this was my shift or pivot to United States, to the Silicon Bay Area. So amazing topic, which is why we were so excited to have you here. Because I think most people, Amira and myself included, probably don't have the full picture of what this means. Can you give us kind of a primer, maybe a two-minute primer on the whole topic. What is quantum computing from, as you mentioned, you've even dealt with it maybe 20 years back. And what is it today and how has it moved and what's the future of it? Take five minutes even. I mean, I think the, the coolest place is the quantum computing, but I've started quantum sensing, which is gyroscope and other sensing options for a single photo detector started 13, 40 years ago by NIST and other uh, 
places. So navigation system, missile system, and other capability that you see worldwide, Navy, Air Force, and others started 30 years ago. The quantum computing is optimization, high performance, very high performance computers that can run, if you think about Goldman Sachs of the world, can run options, algorithm, 10 times what has been done today. And, and the reason is because unlike a zero and one, which is the regular cheap transistors, you go much deeper, you go to photon and electrons, and you have superposition, which is not only zero and one. You can actually play with the direction and the strengths of the photon and electron. So it's actually two by N, which means, for example, if you have two photons, you have two by two, you have four, if you combine it to regular chip, you have four strengths of four bits. And two by three, which means when you have three qubits, quantum bits, you have eight bits. So it's actually exponentially strong than the regular classical computer. And why this strength is really important? Because you can run a different algorithm that will be much faster. Let's go to quantum communication, which is, is on top of quantum computing. You can run show algorithm, a very specific algorithm to break the RSA code. So as you know, the Israeli built in the 80s RSA code, which the internet and everything is being coded, right? So with quantum computing, you can actually break it very fast. Yes, it will be 15, 20 years from now, and we will talk about it later, but the strength of breaking every code in the world by quantum computers is really frightening. And this is why the Chinese and the American and other countries are putting a lot of effort and investment, because it can be very strong capability if you have it. So to sum it up, quantum computing is kind of using the particles and their measurement and how they work in order to make a very strong computation power that will run optimization. And the application is not only for a military application or communication. Let's talk about the Goldman Sachs of the world. So you can run a better algorithm to find trades, or you can calculate options much faster. If you go to a chemical companies, you can run R&D sequencing today. Let's talk about COVID-19. You can run it much faster in order to find the solution or the vaccine to your problem. So, Yav, what is the technology that causes two things to, to move at the same time in an infinite distance? What does that? So it's not only the superposition, as we talk about particle, we have a, a entanglement. So entanglement of photons. And I think that Einstein was the first one to talk about the spooky function of nature. So we talked about that you can take actually two photons and spread them 50 kilometers. This was the last measurement or the last test that has been done. And they still reserve their own data. So think about it. You would talk with someone or move data, not necessarily for military application, and you still own the data and someone else will get it very fast without anything in between, only fiber optics. Have they discovered what causes that? No, no. no. This, this, is, this is what amazing. You can utilize the technology on a physics phenomena without understanding it. What enables that? Because the picture that I have in my mind is of this huge device with golden... So there are many technologies for quantum computing. One of them is the superconducting. You think about IBM gold computer and you cool it to around minus 270 degrees Celsius. And you cool it in order to control the electrons that you create and runs there. The only reason you're doing it because in this kind of superconducting temperature, you can run your measurement on those electrons and control it and then transfer it to the cloud, let's say this way. Okay. Because at the end, it's a SaaS business. Just real quick, has that ever been experimented beyond 50 kilometers? So far, not. A few teams in Netherlands, a few teams in United States, in the East Coast, the 
made it to 50 kilometers. We really don't know why. But the, the assumption is that it could be infinite, right? It could be in one side of the galaxy and another, and they're always going to be entangled from that perspective. You move one, the other one moves at the same time, theoretically, right? What was not in fiber optic, the Chinese in 2017, launched a satellite to there where between Vienna to Beijing, they could talk, but directly. Between the satellite was above and they can talk and they can run entangled photons and really understand the data in the spaceship and then in Vienna, spaceship, Beijing. So there are more experiments that have been done now, which is direct sight, we call it, in order to see how you move communication without interfering and without doing a lot of effort. And this is kind of the strength of the quantum communication. I'm not a scientist, but when you say that they share data, what type of data do you mean? Like you're doing with uh, regular transistors, you can code it, right? At the end, it's zero, one. This is how we, the memory measured or the calculation measuring the transistor. So the same thing. Mm -hmm. So in the future, you can run algorithm and the algorithm will move it to the computer language. At the end, it will be calculated and stored in this kind of a template or pattern. So all mm -hmm. the data will be transferred. Today, it wasn't that complicated, 2017. It was only what kind of position the, the photon was and what kind of direction it was. So so it was very limited, but in the future, it will Got be it. all the data you would like. So it returns certain properties that you could predict, and you could still predict the same properties over a large distance. The same properties, more properties, and with less effort. What is your world like? Is there a product? Does it already exist? Are you already selling it? What's your outlook? Is it more near future, midterm, long term? All. So we are in a kind of exploration stage where we see where we can fit our capabilities in our material engineering. The Materials is a material engineering company. So we can see which kind of technology we can fit. For example, superconducting, where you cool to minus 270 degrees, and I call it play with materials and stack from patterning a little, and you can control the electrons over there in order to measure them whenever you want to calculate and do the calculation, which we do in regular computer, right? And photonics, which is a different technology when you run photons. So what we did is to find first where's the market, the product market fit. So in August last year, 2019, we ran a big workshop where we brought Google, IBM, we get the all the, from all over the world in order to understand where we can fit and which technology we can assist most. And then we started to work with analysis groups and we started to work with those companies and startups companies around the world, from Australia, United States, England, Israel, in order to see where we can fit. And after we did analysis, we identified two technology, photonics and superconducting for now, where we can assist those companies. And then you start to work with, with those companies in order to find the fit. So yes, we are exploring how we can assist them. Think about what applied materials, what the city office can bring. We have the coolest 300 millimeter tools where we do patterning and litho and etching in the position. So we can actually build the core or assist them to build the core chip. Because think about the IBM or Google of the world or other companies, and without saying specifically which one we are working with, they all are very good in cloud and machine learning and SaaS. But the basic, which is actually to build the core without defects, because it's very fragile. So think about photon electrons. In minus 270 degrees, this is kind of capability that applied materials the city office for 50 years, we, we did it for the chip design. We, we are working with Samsung and other companies, right, to build and to scale chip design around the world. So what we figure out is first, what technology? In the, inside the quantum computing, where there are many verticals of technology. Second, where we can really fit. 
which means what we can really build. And then we started to explore it in, in a piece by piece. So you cannot go to the end and build all the chip. Why? Because other companies started it 20 years ago. But we can assist them only to find the right materials that will have less defects in mm-hmm. minus 270 degrees. Are all the big players pretty much on it 100%? Like, is this far ahead of where some people might imagine it is? Can you give us some perspective? You see Amazon Brackets and AWS collaborate with Rigetti, which is the biggest startup in the world for superconducting. So you see the main players is getting there, but in very small steps. The reason we start small steps is because the return on investment is kind of five to 10 years from now. You see that it's mainly venture money. And in 2019, $16 billion worldwide was funded by governments. So governments and, vest- and venture money, is, so it's not who, yet who's, moni- monetized. Who's, who's really ahead of the game in this uh, worldwide? I would say United, I would say United States. China is, is, a, is a big question mark because we really don't know what's, what's, what's right. is, is what? in there. But inside China, Baidu and other companies, commercial companies inside China are putting a lot of effort. So it's not only government money. Who else? I think Netherlands, you see the, the Dutch, Delft and others putting a lot of effort. And from Cambridge, England, came very interesting startups and um, so I would say it's United States England China they are the main the main pusher push anything anything out of Israel in this department or not really in quantum computing you need to, to invest hundreds of million dollars hundreds in order to get only the mainframe of the computer let's say okay. so, so it's not yet funded I mean I mean that's that's again probably a strategic why, why is that? I'm just curious I mean Holland is not is what twice the size of Israel so why Holland yes and Israel no hmm. it's a good question because I think the military application so far for quantum was more about sensing and communication and less about computing so it was not that sexy to run quantum computing for military there was no funding Slate was no funding and there was no monetization but for quantum sensing for navigation and military military application it, it was 40 years ago now that quantum computing is getting to the phase where you can get around 70 qubits you're getting to the quantum advantage which quantum computing is starting to oversee classical computer then you see that israel is putting 1.3 billion dollar in order to push for quantum computing why because for the communication application for the military application that's cool so you're saying there's telltale signs of interest in this just not at the relative size of a nation like the netherlands so wh- where's the future of this is this one of those things where you can sense the future and where it's going or like you said it's still exploratory from your perspective even in 2020 or can you say 2030 we're all going to be like can i tap into this I, i'm in vr a lot of what we're doing is a lot of crunching in visuals and ai and sometimes we have to sit there and wait for the machines to, to finish and on the fastest 10k worth of, of machinery can process still for two hours i wish that could be done in a minute where are we with that when can companies start using it so like startups my understanding is first you can try it now so aws working with rigetti google everything is on the cloud but you need to build your own algorithm that will run on this kind of machines so you will get more optimization power but in two years from now i think we will get to quantum advantage real quantum advantage not as the supremacy that google published a year ago and a few of the algorithm again more to b2b to optimization chemical companies that run very big algorithm so you start to get benefit two years from now and we are now in quantum readiness what is quantum readiness big companies like applied materials and others can try and build their algorithm on top of aw 
AWS and Google. So on top of the cloud service that the quantum computing companies give and be ready for when the computer will be strong enough that the algorithm, you will really benefit from it, right? The interesting thing is now the company like us, we are not building the quantum computing. We're not Google, IBM, Rigetti of the world, but we can push the material engineering. We can assist them to build the core chip. So the question is how I can pitch to my management to push more effort, more resource, more team, more, more tool time. And this is the hardest part because applied materials know the know-how is or the go-to-market strategies to sell tools, right? So we sell tools to manufacture cheap or we sell tools to manufacture displays. But there won't be that many quantum computing in the world. IBM is talking about 500, other companies talking about 1,000. So 1,000 high-performance computers that, that everything will be SaaS on, on the cloud and everybody will enjoy it. So there won't be that many tool sets. So we need to think about the software, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, because either you centralize the hardware, which makes it very, very efficient, right? Because right. only a few, it's kind of like the supercomputers of the past, right? Where you, it centralizes a bunch of activities in one place and then the software that runs above it, very interesting path. So along those lines, I'm really curious, you're one of those hybrid of product manager slash strategy slash go-to-market and BD uh, or partnerships. So wear your product management hat for a moment since we're on a PM podcast. How do you feed back into the loop the product management capabilities or, or learnings, for example, when you go and talk to the market and learn new things? I, I, do you have that capacity in your current job to shape the product? Yes. So we can identify first which technology we, we want to push forward in order to build the market and, and our strengths in the future. And second, let's assume we, we would like to go to a superconducting vertical. Then there are five different paths commercialization with the company that we are working with. And we need to identify which product we can own, for example, own an IP. And when we own the IP, we can we can be monetize this kind of opportunity in the future. So it's kind of between the business development and product ads, because I need to figure out where I can fit and assist my company, the company that our partners, but also us, in order that we can get some kind of monetization in the future. And I think this is the toughest, challenging uh, question that I have to figure it out. Because as I I said it's not a tool cell it's a different technology that we need to to monetize in the future but i want to have resources and to assist those kind of companies now so how do you actually assist them right now i mean right now the technology is not right you can't really build a product around it but you do want to provide value so what is the best way for you to provide value for them right now no we can build a product we can assist them to identify the right materials and deposit it we are building a product but the answer is how i can monetize it in the future because I think about it near i'm not the end customer so yeah. I, i'm kind of the supply chain or building right. the core for them to go over the cloud for them to go to offer the VR company and mm -hmm. you will have better optimization solutions. So I don't touch the end customer, right? So, and I'm not going to sell that many tools or, or devices in the future. One way to handle this kind of go-to-market strategy is to find a path that you will own part of the IP, that I will build Got some it. kind of new material engineering capability that, that, that someone else didn't do. By the way, it's not the only business model, but it's one of them. So if I'm building some new product that was not done before and I own right. it then I can I can ask or we can we can talk when it will be big enough
enough or the revenue will be substantial enough, I can own part of it. You understand where the challenge? Yeah, you actually form partnerships rather than a service, uh, a monetization service itself. It's really a partnership. I agree. It's a partnership that I have to own something there in order to, right. to win some kind of share in the future, let's say this way. Yeah, so it's a, it's a shared goal and a shared, basically, value from, from actually reaching that goal to both companies. So it's a partnership. It makes sense, yeah. Is there something you can share with us about the, the market at large? Who are some of the players that are known out there publicly to be spearheading this? That just give us a little bit more transparency into that world. It's not very accessible to people that are not working in it, probably just because we've never Googled for that. The big giants or the big companies are Google and IBM pushing the superconducting, one of the technology, in order to get this kind of capability. AWS is now a partner with one of the biggest startups in the world. And in Israel now, Rafael and other companies are pushing for quantum computing. And I think when they will be involved, it will be also interesting. In the photonics, which is different technology, PsyQuantum and Xanadu, a startup from Toronto, Canada, that now launched a cloud service. So we, we talked earlier that everything is over the cloud. So they have their own cloud service and you can try your algorithm on those kind of clouds. By the way, when, when we talk about different technology, and there are kind of five or seven different technology in order to build quantum computing, what, what does it mean? It means that the market is not there yet. Because if there is no winning horse, it means that the market is five, 10 years from now. At yeah, it's so free for all, yeah. Because if Google would, would win in, or IBM in superconducting, so you will see all, all the paths goes through this technology. Uh, and you asked me before the go-to-market strategy, why do I partner with different technology? The reason because I, I bet on all the horses. Kind of bet of all the horses. Bet of photonics, bet on superconducting, bet on spin, maybe spin of Intel. Intel is a big, big quantum computers, but they have different technology. And what was hard for us to understand, to identify, is where we can fit. And it, it took us a few months in order to find the technology that we can fit out of the seven technology or eight technology there is out there. Final question, and then let's go to the fun corner. What do you believe, you personally this time, this world is going to look like in five years and then in 10 years? Mm -hmm. I'm saying that because I think that, especially based on your background, you've had that very long-term view. And so it's probably going to be a lot more accurate than, say, somebody who just finished school and started in this. I think that in five or 10 years, you will have at least quantum advantage when you will see the quantum computing have better algorithm that runs on quantum computer than classical computer. So pharma companies, financial institute, a military application, or those kind of big companies will utilize these new tools, these new high-performance computers in order to get to better results. And the speeds are going to be basically, what, 5, 10x of what they are today or even more? Maybe than that? five years, maybe 5 to 10. But okay. eventually it will be 10,000 more. Yeah. So in the simulation of Google, they run a simulation of 10 thousand faster speed than the regular classical and think about it for when you want to get the vaccine for coronavirus and it doesn't take you seven months to run the calculation it takes you only one month it's going on it's a calculation right now that's i thought it was the yeah. ab the, the human samples and all that no it's not no it's so you run the calculation before you even start to test on it on on human right and oh. usually you run the calculation the dna or whatever sequence you want to run so think about it if you cut it by months so how the world will be different in 20 years from now if the second coronavirus will come. 
So the solution will be much faster. And this is, this is the strength of these computers. What do you think is going to be the first and more most immediate use for quantum computing? And I'm, I'm taking out military usages because we, we really don't know what militaries would do with that. But what do you think the first commercial use is going to be? Is that going to be healthcare? Healthcare is, is one, but I would focus on um, of the Volkswagen of the world, which means uh, autonomous vehicles and other companies. So Volkswagen started with, and Mercedes-Benz started to run algorithm to try the quantum readiness with quantum computers in order to optimize traffic and autonomous vehicle calculation. So they are putting more than $1 million a year only to run new algorithm for quantum computing. So I think traffic optimization, running autonomous vehicle simulation can be very interesting. Very surprising you mentioned Volkswagen and not Tesla, let's say. Is that is that because Elon Musk has announced that he's not touching this? Nothing in particular, but the Volkswagen is very ahead of the game in many things. So they have a team that run optimization problems for their needs and for future autonomous vehicle. And they are ahead of the game in this kind of quantum computing. So it's not all about... But, but, but not Waymo, not Cruise, not some cutting edge companies that are way ahead of these guys in Europe. Seriously, the Europeans are ahead yeah. of those companies, of Cruise, of Waymo that belongs to Google. Seriously. Wow. Yeah, yes, but maybe it's because it's not published, but this is what's known. Yeah. yeah, okay. Final corner is the fun corner where you get to create something, but I want to put a curveball here. Pick this world. You're no longer at AMAT. You're not wearing an AMAT hat regardless, but you're no longer at AMAT at this point. You're now building some startup what would it be in this world? Tell you a personal story. When I when I graduated from Stanford Business School, they told everything has to start with personal story, right? When my mother is around 70 years old and she's trying to volunteer in Yad Sarah, which is the biggest volunteer staff organization in Israel, more than 6,000, right? They volunteers to volunteer there. But the thing is, she's grandmother, right? So she wants to assist with the, her grandkids. So she cannot get the same slot every week, the same cadence. So they told her a few times, no, you cannot come in, in a specific day. So there is a population, think about it, between 65 to 90, where you are not utilized them. I leave Israel, let's go to United States, tens of millions of people that want to assist with babysitter, with mass skills, skills, but no one is getting okay. there. So, so the there solution? Are, so the solution is marketplace, where the supply will be those kind of people, 65 to 90, that are willing to volunteer for free. And, and think about the psychologists, the things for them when they assist. There are so many research now about kids working with elder people. Think about this kind of combination. It's great for both age groups, right? And the supply will come from the ads around the world, babysitter teachers. The demand will come from elder people. And you will get tens of millions in the United States, people that are happy while they are volunteering. And you get kids that are getting babysitter or mass. It doesn't have to be something trust-wise, okay? And I'm not talking about monetization of this thing. Yes, you, in the future, you can monetize and put ads and everything. But I didn't see the quantum. How's that? How's no, the quantum? No, but I said, okay, let's ah. try again. You have to pick something in ah, quantum. In quantum. And in one minute, explain to us what it is and what you'll do if you are entrepreneur right now just hopping on. I'm giving you $5 million. Go. What is it? I think the VR and AR is a very interesting path in the future. I would go to quantum communication and I would think about how the 5G of the world can utilize the, the quantum communication. So for example, one of the biggest uh, challenge when you spread 5G mobile in cities, there is a lot of uh, radiation. It's not very healthy. But if you can run this kind of integument, if you can run the data very fast throughout the city with output, 
putting all the microwave on the antennas, then then you can win high bandwidth, 5G, 6G, whatever, a solution in quantum communication and, and in quantum communication. For sure, if some group is going to come out and say that you're entangling their brains and causing their nerves to be entangled, somebody out there is going to say it's not healthy. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you so thank much, Lupaz. I really enjoyed speaking to both of you in this amazing session. Have a great day. And with that, stay. Thank you, Offer. Thank you.